All right, welcome back. Managed to drag one of our favorite people in, in the space back in. <laughs> after, Thank after you. Appreciate months. it. Yeah, absolutely. You guys have open invites to the podcast or anything else you want to do. Honestly, um, the last conversation we had was great. If anyone hasn't listened to that, by the way, go on. Be able to find it on YouTube or Spotify or wherever you listen. But um, it was a good old time we had last time. I think we spent half the time laughing and not actually delivering the information, but <laughs> but it's been great. Um, you guys look like you've been super busy. Um, I really want to get into it, but first, yeah, how, how have you been? Well, it's uh, it's building season, right? So we're just heads down in the trenches. We want to launch um, our next product uh, next month, right? And we're nowhere near finished, but we want to get it out <laughs> for, for a variety of reasons. I think the timing is amazing. I can you know, dive into that a little bit later. Plus, we're just super excited to bring it out to market because we've received so much positive feedback. So that's why I don't have my video on because you literally see me being completely pale with bloodshot eyes after taking calls yesterday at 3 a.m. But I don't think that's anything that somebody would like to see. But I'm here. Yeah. I'm happy. Yeah, if, if if you're investing in a project and the founder or you're using a product and the founder doesn't look like a vampire that's being dragged through a hedge backwards, then you're doing something wrong. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's like uh, what my girlfriend said, you know, when it's not conference season, I'm a vampire. Uh, but when, it's, uh, when, it's, uh, when I get on the conference circuit, I'm like an escort, right? Uh, I, 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 fly, I fly to Paris. I fly to uh, Singapore. I go to parties and talk to old men where I get free drinks, right? <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty uh, – both modes there are complete opposite ends of the spectrum, but you kind of got to wear both hats, I think. Life is duality. Yeah. <laughs> So why why so quickly after the launch, you guys looking to ship again? Is this going to be um, a recurring theme? Sure. Um, so I don't have to say um, it's it's that quick. So I can I and other members of the team we have we come from a, a web two traditional tech background as well uh, before mm -hmm. we got into crypto. So shipping soon and shipping fast and shipping first and asking questions later is kind of like a part of our team culture the other thing is just talking to our users all the time so our most active users and our most active discord members they know like i think we've talked to them at least eight or not ten different types show, uh, times showing them different prototypes but fundamentally it comes down to the fact that you know we launched a shard waltz was a great product uh, we didn't launch a token, didn't do any paid acquisition, got a 2 million TVL, made uh, quite a bit of uh, money in fees as well, which will come in handy for the community later down the line. Not going not going to go into any details right now for regulatory <laughs> reasons. But fundamentally, what we realized about the shard pulses, so as a, as a small recap, we created a fractionalization uh, protocol on one end for the demand side or people who want cheap exposure to PFPs. And on the supply side, we wanted to create like this gearbox-like experience for blue chip holders, right? So you deposit, you get liquidity from the from the shard liquidity, and you can select like high-risk strategy, mid-risk strategy, low-risk strategy by utilizing NFT finance infrastructure. But what we realized relatively quickly is fractionalization, I think it's a it's a cool feature. And I think the market's shown that as well. But it really lacks uh, a very important uh uh, element on why a lot of us are in this space uh, on the element why people buy NFTs, why people buy PFPs, why people go gamble, 
right? And it comes down to variance. It comes down to moonshots. It comes down to huge payoffs for a small bit. And we were just talking to our users all the time. We were um, shipping new features for the shard vaults, had a lot of exciting moments. For example, the bear chain community, the bong bear community stepped in. I think it was in, uh, so we were already like at, at, at the whiteboard at that time. We knew we were going to build like another product. Uh, but we had some exciting times, like the bong bear community stepped in. We, uh, the bong bear, the first vault, uh, I think it was a 75 ETH wallet and got filled out in what, like two minutes. Literally, it was like two minutes. And oh, people at Nansen saw like the on-chain activity pick up from our contracts and they like hopped into our Discord and they're like, what's up, right? What's going but on? Yeah. <laughs> what are you guys up to? <laughs> yeah, what are you guys up to, right? They're really cool people, right? And they're still like, hanging out sometimes in our Discord and it's always good to make friends. But yeah, we just, what we realized is, okay, there's this missing piece like the initial intent for insert we didn't like want to build just you know a complicated engineering product like the initial intent was always to do two things which is how do we make nfts and i'm and i mean nfts are broadly productive financially right how can you unlock liquidity and secondly how can we get them in uh, the hands of you know or in the wallets of as many people as we can right and yeah, we just looked at, you know, our user research. We looked at the good things that the Shardball did and the bad things that it did, right? So we were learning throughout that process as well. And we we, we, we designed a new product and we're just uh, implementing it right now, learning from our user research and uh, just uh, want to get it shipped. Want to get it shipped. We want to see how the market responds. Yeah, I love that you guys are actually being on the front foot and speaking to users. There's probably another two projects in the whole space that I know really go on the front foot and do that. Like I've been on a couple of calls of projects that I love and use all the time and just sitting and having those conversations. But as you say, that that is a typically a traditional way of doing things, you know, and you don't see that often enough. And it's a bit backwards to why that is. I don't know if everyone's just two heads down busy, but if you're just building a way for what you think is going to be a good product, sometimes it just doesn't get received the way that you firstly at first anticipated. Then you have to go back to the drawing board. So I love that you guys are doing that like real first market research um, and actually speaking to people. So um, what's what's the response been like there? What's some of the feedback? Is there any kind of like motifs there that you you guys are hearing? Uh, people have a lot of different mental models of how to think about it, but overall. Um the positive the feedback has been positive for like the users that we're targeting at the very start we've heard comparisons to uh playing a game of chicken on one side poker on the other selling covered calls <laughs> too complicated of analogy uh ultimate gambify is, is an analogy i heard as well uh a lot of different analogies and how people think about it so i i, I guess it's cool that you know people have these frames of references that can quickly grasp to understand the product right because uh, ultimately i think when especially nowadays because there's only like 12 people left on chain as actual users <laughs> it's really important to think about you know come back down to fundamentals before you think about engineering before you uh you know think about for example what we're doing technically which is probabilistic real-time auctions um uh you really have to think about this all right so 
who are the users that we actually want to solve a problem for? Let's talk to them as much as possible. And based on that, those pain points and based on how you kind of like see the market or the problems with the market, that's when you re reverse engineer how you can actually deliver, deliver the best thing that you can for, for, for your community, for your users. And I agree with you, man. I've, uh, I'm actually sometimes a little bit astounded why, why, why teams don't talk to their users as much as possible, right? But, you know, it's, it's, it was like a year ago, two years ago, it was a completely different time. Like I have hmm. friends uh, who are founding team members at, you know, a lot of different protocols. Um, not going to specifically mention um, names of, let's say, derivatives, AMMs, right? And do they really have an incentive to uh, talk to their users? They did like... Uh, a public, like a, effectively like an ICO three years ago, they still have like eight figures in their treasury and they have like 200 weekly average users, right? And it's like a 20 person team with a burn rate of like 300K. So uh, obviously in that case, you just like build cool shit, do some math and just, you know, <laughs> uh, scratch your intellectual urge. But if you actually are aiming for user adoption, and that isn't just purely token-based. Token is super important, but I think uh, the token is always best placed a little bit later, right? When people actually yeah. really love what you're building, uh, then it's a little bit different, man. Then you just, you need to get the hell out of your basement and um, you just need to talk to people. Talk, 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 and be good at it. Talk to as many people because you're probably wrong about some assumption. And the faster you can figure out, the faster you can fix it in the product. If that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. I think you guys are in this really good position as well. And I think looking at it from that like product lens that you I kind of pick up on that you guys actually approach things from, I'm just seeing like this huge wave and this is like kind of adjacent to you, but kind of also ties in. There's just this huge wave of, right, how do we just abstract away all the complexities of what's going on in the back end, whether that be from, I don't know, Uniswap wallet, Coinbase wallet, Synthetics guys are going to launch this Infinex thing. And I yeah. think the next stage of everything is, right, how do we just make this as as simple and as idiot-proof and abstract away all the technology and all the blockchain shit that's happening on the back end? And I think your the product that you guys have kind of lends itself extremely well to that. Um, but I'm, I'm just thinking like this next wave of thing Next wave of stuff that's coming online, I think, is going to be a super, super heavy focus on that. And for now, like, I don't know why it hasn't been up until this point. I don't know if it's coming down to like account abstraction and some of the EIPs that come online, but it feels like that's going to be a big push going into like the new year. Um, and I think you guys are very, very well positioned to to capture on the back of stuff like that. Thank you. Um, I really just think it comes down to the fact that. Outside of like compound and MakerDAO, you know, DeFi summer was only like took like DeFi summer was just three years ago. It's still like a rel a, a very nascent industry, and um, well, we're still at the stage where it's you know to an extent hackers building for hackers. Let's be honest mm. about it. Hobbyists, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, hobbyists and the tinkerers. <laughs> yeah, hobbyists and tinkerers building to a certain extent for other tinkerers, but. I think over time it's you know already changing. And for example, even I don't necessarily consider RNX product to be NFT finance. I think it actually like goes like uh, a level like uh, below that. I think it's more about fundamentals or basics. But 
even like in the NFT finance space or the NFT space in general, unless you're like a collection creator or project creator, every single time you talk to somebody, you just ask, you know, relatively simple questions because you probably think exactly the same way. So how do you see this, you know, the market scaling? How do you see the addressable market going, growing? What's going to happen? Everybody's in like this place is, hey, like this is this is cool. Uh, but what we're kind of like hoping for is that we're going to build like this infrastructure, we're going to build this tooling, we're going to build this piping for a lot of other cool stuff um, that will be represented by NFTs or is being represented by NFTs right now already, that that's going to be the stuff that we're working on, right? So everybody loves PFPs, but, um, you know, it's, uh, I had a conversation today about that. Like I, it's hard for me to imagine at this point that new collections are going to pop up, specifically PFPs, mm. over the next two years that will get the same kind of gravitas as you know the top twenty blue chips, right? Because a PFP is all about you know being cool, you know, and mm-hmm. you know a simple analogy how I like to think about it is, so remember your high school. You know, everybody wasn't cool. Probably like only 200, 300 people were cool, right? Uh, and it's pretty, it's once once the hard key has been established, it's pretty hard to uh, kind of like, you know, take down a house of cards. And I had a conversation today, a Twitter space where um, a friend told me that the moment he got a rock, he got access to rock-based Telegram group chats and communities. And it unlocked a lot of, you know, it unlocked a network for him, for his business. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think everybody's just trying to look what's beyond because, well, obviously, let's be honest, when it comes to PFPs, the market is really in the fucking dumps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when when we were thinking about what we're going to do with these, the lifetime access to research pass, the lab NFT that we're going to push, I was like, I really just don't want it to come across as if we're releasing like a very limited collection for the sake of it. And like, obviously the, the reason we're doing it is so people can get like on the new site with wallet signing to text that you've got the NFT and then you've got lifetime access to like the, the blockmates research section, which would be like paywalled. Um, and then we can also kind of like whitelist holders for other projects and allow list them and get them early access to token generation events and a lot of other like shit that we wanted. But I just didn't want it to come across as like, you know, like just someone minting like 400 NFTs for the sake of it, you know, but like this using that technology underlying, it just made our life a million times easier, you know, and that's, that's when it like really, really, really clicked for me. I was like, it's an access pass. Yeah, it's going to have like profile picture qualities to it, but we're not using it just for the sake of it being an image, you know, it's not a JPEG on the back end is where we're actually getting the, the real juice out of it. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's access, right? The, the 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 utility is access you have a foundation you have foundational value that you'll provide uh to the holder outside of just you know pure narrative and speculation and I, honestly like like the collections that i've liked the most recently are those that uh, not only have good aesthetic quality but are effectively um, let's say their collections related to protocols for example um, mm-hmm. NFT perp, which is, by the way, uh, going to be launching their V2 soon. Uh, please go check Very it sick. out. Um, so they launched their own collection that effectively will unlock further utility in, the, in, in, in their product, in their protocol. And I think that's uh, 
cool and like how we can apply that to 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 the thing that you guys are releasing is that hey it's like something that you know uh fans long-time listeners or supporters they can they, they can support you but at the same time you provide some kind of foundational utility rather than have a roadmap where they're going to create like a metaverse mmorpg <laughs> right 2004 <laughs> And, and a legend and the legendary uh, I've seen a lot of roadmaps man I, I for, for research purposes I've seen so many old like mem pages it's like get a legendary and have a meeting with Snoop Dogg it's like it's, it's <laughs> really fucking ridiculous it's hilarious, huh? it's hilarious. <laughs> there's only like they look he describes it like this what how did they describe it yeah like roadmaps on like complete shams of nft projects are like like the Taco Bell menu, there's only like a certain amount of ways you can move the ingredients around, but it's all the same shit, you know? <laughs> it, it's like, it reminds me of, uh, it, it is kind of like reminiscent of like the 2017 ICO era, right? Where, yeah, yeah exactly. We're going to bring a healthcare on blockchain. And like, that, it's just a bunch of like Syrian dudes like grabbing like 20 million <laughs> and disappearing. You're telling me you're still not holding your dent coin? Uh, no, no, not anymore. <laughs> fun time, fun time. Oh, Jesus, they were. What, um, I, so something that really piqued my interest because we've been doing a lot of help with the llamas and they're going to help us with the auction mint and we've scooped up as many as we can get our hands on. Mm-hmm. This, this little trifecta of you guys, caviar and the llamas, that was uh I love the the woolish the woolish yep. meme. <laughs> I, I really like it that. as well. I really like it as well. Uh so members of our community and the llamas community and the caviar community organically approached us. They approached Tama from Caviar and then Caviar reached out to us and we just got on a call together and the value propositions and by the way, this is like the last standalone shard belt that we're launching. Right. This is the last one before we launch the next product. Current shot holders will still be I they're they're gonna be in a far better place once we launch a new product. Um uh r- than where they are right now because some of the shard vaults aren't still generating yield. And we already explained to the community that really comes down to the fact that uh lending rates are super high right now. And it, mm-hmm. like executing on a yield farming strategy really doesn't make sense. But I'll avoid like the bad stuff for now. But yeah, it's a cool partnership. It's pretty simple. Uh once the wall fills up, 50% of the ETH gets used to LP on one side of caviar and 50% gets uh used to acquire llamas. So uh you provide liquidity to the other side of the caviar pool. And what happens then is that so there's actually like two there's two levels to that uh, whole uh to all the shenanigans the first one is that llamas are backed by current rewards and secondly uh it is uh to use perhaps an overly complex word it's like an endogenous yield farming mechanism because Mm -hmm. you're actually farming from rather than let's say levering up um against an asset and like deploying it into a uh some kind of yield farm and profiting off that spread and generating positive PNL that way, you're just you know you're just LPing, man. You're just uh, mm-hmm. you're just making money off the swap fees. Yeah, it was uh, seemed like a good idea, um, but we already like tempered our expectations at the very start because 
uh, fundamentally because the market's down, uh, fractionalization-based value propositions, I they really don't make a lot of sense for people out there. We still want to give this a try. And we're going to work on filling the wall out. Uh, if it doesn't fill out completely, we're just going to close it off uh, with, uh, let's say, 20th or 30th, and then just you know take the deposits and execute the strategy that I just described. But yeah, it's uh, the, the llama guys are really cool, and I'm very bullish on, on on the caviar team. Incredibly smart people, very very smart people, and I love their little hacker house in Paris as well. <laughs> I think we've got them on next week as well, so. Can be asking them all sorts of questions, but um, just like stuff like that, where you you experiment with something, you kind of sharing the burden with another couple of people who are in the space, building in that specific niche as well. I just I absolutely love to see it, and it's like that's when like stuff starts to get really really interesting. You start to see the composability across pl platforms. Um, has there been anything that you guys didn't foresee uh, the way that people have used? some of the vaults or any kind of anecdotal stories in the discord or anything that people are like haven't come up with some interesting and funky strategies or anything like that um i'll be honest man um because of how that system was built um and because we decided not to build like a shard price tracking system and 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 uh ship that as the next thing and focus on the perpetual mints uh i think most of the fun is just people like posting copy paste in our discord yeah <laughs> there's a lot of copy paste and uh uh we need to make sure that the copy paste command is is activated again because we uh like on a percentage if there was sorry? a percentage basis are you, are you guys tracking say if there's a percentage basis on a vault what kind of what percentage of like the shards available are people picking up are they coming in and buying like a third or like are people just buying like one like what is there, is there any kind of correlation there at all or is you've seen any like trends i think the there's like 40 on average the median is like 30 40 percent unique holders right and uh okay. you got any anybody can verify on chain that at most separate members of the team or from the multi-sig have bought one shard we never used like our own treasury or investors mm -hmm. money to buy shards uh I think it's like 30-40% and like what but what the like what we struggled with was providing, you know, that source of yield farming because we all want to execute like a effectively like an interest rate spread spread capture strategy. And that mm -hmm. kind of like um allows me to segue what we're building next. And what effectively we're building with the perpetual mints is so the idea with the shard walls was to replicate the feeling of an mt mint and the payoff model for nft mints as well uh but as i mentioned at the start of our conversation it does not replicate it as correctly as it should because you need moonshots right you, you want yeah. that 100x 1000x payoff so what we designed and uh, guys feel free to check out the uh, announcement video and the threads we're dropping over the past week on the product um have some additional stuff right after the uh, at the end of our conversation as well. Check it out, uh, perpetual mints. What you can do with them is uh, you hop into our DAP. You can look at different collections. You can look at different asset categories. It's not just PFPs. And what you can do is effectively mint them. And what we call mints on our platform on on, on perpetual mints 
is the fact that you pay a bid and in real time, you get a result of whether you've won the asset that you've selected or not. But there's a catch. You actually always win something and you always win together with your friends, right? You're never, you never leave empty handed. So think of like when you participate in a PFP min, right? You might not get the legendary, but you're still going to get the common, right? So you, you always get something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the exact same thing that we provide with the perpetual mints. You just hop in. If you don't want to uh, spend $30,000 on OpenSea for PFP, you can, you can <laughs> place a bid on it on, 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 on insert. Uh, if you don't have the time to participate in 200 um, uh, PFP mints, and there's actually not a lot of cool stuff to mint right now. It happens very rarely. Um, uh, that you can come to insert. And for the price of an NFT mint, you can actually win an already valuable asset, right? So we, like we replace uncertainty with risk. And what happens on the other side is you basically, if you can have, you, you, you can deposit any asset represented by an NFT, right? It can be a PFP, it can be a domain, it can be a Uniswap V3 position, it might even be a watch, like for for example, 4K protocol tokenized the Patek, and that guy used that man. NFT to take out a loan uh, against his Patek, right? Accessing global pawn liquidity. Uh, we uh, allow the deposit. We allow users to deposit uh, anything that's represented by an NFT from day one, and they can make uh, effectively generate returns by people making those bids. And we accomplish that because we don't have any price feeds. It's completely oracleless. All that you have to do is you come in, you deposit your NFT, and you select on this pretty little slider that provides you contractual <laughs> information on how much ETH you're going to make over time, your chance of keeping uh, that NFT uh, or based on a certain risk of ruin. So, for example, you can select uh, with every single bid, uh, there is like a 0.005% chance that I am going to lose that asset, right? And if the demand side finds it favorable, they're going to bid for that asset because let's say it's a punk, it's a fidenza, etc. But because there's no um, explicit pricing, it's all implied, you can deposit anything that's represented by an NFT from day one, absolutely anything, right? And that's like something we, uh, on the supply side, and that also unlocks a few interesting use cases. I'll just give a few examples. So... On one end, you have stuff like UDV3 positions or domains or uh, RWA NFTs. And, you know, you can't really take out, in most cases, a loan against them quickly because you need some kind of appraisal mechanism or, or Oracle price feed, right? But because we don't need them in on insert, you can deposit it and you can make uh, generate returns from day one, right? With absolutely no hassle as long as people want to make bids. But secondly, if you have a PFP, let's say a Fidenza, so if you go to NFT lending primitive, and if you take out a loan, there's a few risks that you're taking on, right? The first one is spot price risk. Spot price risk. So what does that mean? Uh, so if the floor price uh, of a, of the collection that you've taken a loan against, uh, you know, um, decreases drastically, like for example, what's been happening over the past three months, you might get liquidated and lose that NFT, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but because we have built an Oracle system, uh, the only risk you take on is the risk 
that uh, you select on the platform itself. But guys, you can just check it out on Twitter. But fundamentally, what we're building with the Perpetual Mints is that you have a mid-like experience on demand for uh, initially PFPs, but we want to build an on-chain protocol where users can simply uh, win, take bids on cool, expensive, or exclusive shit. It can be a PFP. It can be a watch. It can be uh, if Kobe wants to create an NFT that gives the lucky winner, uh, you know, a chance to you know spend 20 minutes on his on his podcast. Uh, he can uh, create that NFT, put it on insert, and people can make bids and he can make money. So there's a lot of different use cases for this product. But uh, just watch the video on Twitter, and I think uh, it'll make sense for all the people listening. Man, that's interesting. My mind's immediately going to things like. You know, and Velodrome positions completely locked. Yeah. And but they're they're in a UniV. Um, no, they're in an NFT. Yeah. yeah. Represent them an NFT. If people want to puke out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you know, it is like think of it as creating your own uh, CSGO like skin loot box on the supply side, right? <laughs> uh, except the half of no. Seriously, that's that's in some ways what actually happens. You can create a loot box for anything, but your asset isn't locked in. So if you think that for the value of a 40 ETH asset, 5 or 10 ETH is enough and nobody has won it, you can take it out at any time. We don't lock it up. So it's like playing a game of poker, right? You have to be on your feet, but you can actually make more money rather than taking out a loan OTC or like on a lending primitive. And yeah, people can take uh effectively DeFi positions or lp positions represented by nfts come to insert and if people are interested in it they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna bid for it and you make money right that's the value proposition for the supply side and on the demand side well you pay you know 10 20 usd or 0.05 ETH, and you have a chance of winning something that provides you with a thousand x or five thousand x payoff uh, but at the same time, you always win something. But uh, I don't want to go into the details of the latter. Just check it out on Twitter. <laughs> You're going to have TikTokers using perpetual mints. Like a couple of these like demo videos. Uh, we're still <laughs> learning how to explain how the product, like what, what we're like, think of it as like, yeah, CSGO loot boxes on one end, but you can put absolutely anything in there represented by an NFT. And on the other hand, think of it as uh, slots is not a good comparison, but like a raffle that has no reserve and you basically <laughs> can win something in real time, right? And we actually think it's a far cooler way of distributing NFTs than uh, the existing secondary marketplace model that's you know been really blurrified. And at this point in time, the market really only appeals to pro traders who have an edge. Mm, where the hell's this idea came from? Learning from our users, so user research interviews, and like kind of like how we think there's two currently big problems with NFTs. The first one is origination. What do you represent with them? But there's a lot of cool people building and representing stuff with NFTs. Even Centrifuge is representing positions with NFTs, right? For RWA, for like on-chain credit. Mm -hmm. uh, but then the second problem is distribution. And, you know, OpenSea, Blur, 
their bread and butter is just like incentivizing trading volume for the top 20 PFB collections, right? It's not mm -hmm. designed. Those aren't products designed for people to explore and, and, and find out what kind of stuff they like and hopefully when it have that sense of gratification. And it's not a good uh, distribution model for people creating something that aren't, isn't related or a derivative of those top 20, top 30 PFP collections, be it, or, or trying to, or, 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 or anything that, you know, lies outside of a trading context. You know, I think uh, NFT trading will always be a thing, but how I think about NFTs is that, for example, if, if altcoins are kind of like equities, um, then what NFTs should be is just the stuff that you can represent on chain, uh, everything that, like, Everything that is non-financial that could be represented on chain should probably be represented by an NFT, any kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's how I see the future. And what we kind of like want to build is a product that just allows people with small amounts of money to bid and potentially win cool, expensive, or rare stuff. That's so sick. Yeah, I seen perpetual mints come across the feed and I was like, Jesus Christ, what are these guys cooking? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad you explained it there. But yeah, as I say, if anyone wants to go and watch the the explainers and stuff like that, just head to the feed. Um, watch the up. video and and DM the insert account or me personally if you want me and uh, Punter, our CTO, to walk you through the pr product personally. I'll literally walk any of your member any member of the audience. If you want to see the product? Just let us know. We'll walk you through it personally. There you go. You don't get that. You don't get that from everyone. Um, on opening up to additional folk, what's the latest on this arbitrage integration? Um, sorry, I I didn't catch oh, that. Yeah, I see. I seen something with you guys and um, opening up on on Arbitrum as well. Yeah, we're on Arbitrum now. Is is what what's going on there? Sure, it's uh, the the case is pretty clear. Uh, so, how the architecture is designed is obviously we want Ethereum liquidity. Everything's mm -hmm. on Ethereum, right? Especially when it comes to NFTs. Uh, sorry, any other chain uh, or L two. Uh, so, what we do is we accept deposits on the supply side on mainnet, right? But if we want to have a very cool user experience, you can check out the videos on Twitter. If we want to have that experience, we've won low gas fees, then we need to use an L2. And we decided to go to Arbitrum because they have some of the external dependencies um, that we wanted. And we just like the Arbitrum community as well. So what we do is you mint on Arbitrum, and there is constant messaging between L1 and Arbitrum using layer zero, right? So when somebody mints something, uh, it gets sent uh, from the escrow contracts on L1 to L2. I'm so happy to see all this layer zero integration happen. Like when it Sorry. first came up, I was like, I'm so happy to see all this layer zero integration start to like come to fruition. And obviously when Stargate came, I was like, yeah, that's obviously a flagship product, but now literally just got off another podcast with a project that's building like a yield aggregator on top of it. It's, yeah. You know, it feels like, it feels like it's, it's time, you know? I think it's great technology and there's a lot of cool products coming out. Um, 
Uh, a friend of mine is building value in an asset management on um, DeFi asset management protocol. It's getting some traction. They launched last week, if I remember correctly. It's it would be completely impossible to build that without the layer zero architecture and the value that they provide, right? I think it's a layer zero is an amazing piece of technology. Hundred percent. So what what's happening with your seasons program and the mm -hmm. kind of rewards program? Is that being kind of rejigged a little bit or like what what did you see initially is there anything changed there and like what should people be aware of uh seasons one is going to continue with perpman's launch and every single time you mint you will get season points and then you will get something uh potentially even more valuable than that so <laughs> seasons points will accrue to a potential community reward in the future while um yeah it's as i said i don't want to currently we kind of like hint at it in, in the video and we talk about though there have been cha some changes in the past week but as i said there is not when you mint or bid on insert v2 you never lose you always win something and you win together with your friends and that will become abundantly clear how that works it's gonna be very fun uh, once we get a little closer to watch it we just want to iron out the kinks before we make it absolutely public. Love that. Love that. Um, is there anything else we might have missed? You, you, you mentioned something at the top of the podcast about timing. Where do you think we're at in this NFT life cycle? I think since the last time we spoke, we had the big Azuki fallout. Mm -hmm. We spoke about a lot of the blur liquidations. Like, How are you guys thinking about that? Well, there's only two really strong narratives in crypto twitter right now right uh gamify and rwa mm -hmm. and rwa take a beating because well goldfinch oh, i could go down that route because i've been thinking about private credit and DeFi for like years right i can i don't want to go down, down that rabbit hole it won't be that interesting but uh, well, no matter what happens with any altcoin, no matter what happens with any PFP collection, let's let's be honest. People just want to win big, and that's mm -hmm. something we can facilitate with the perpments. And you know, I think we've been talking to a few people on Twitter who have been talking about probabilistic auctions or loot boxes on chain, or like custom loot boxes or raffles. Every single time we show them the product, they're like, "Holy shit! Like this is actually it!" Right. So I think it's a good time to launch the product because, you know, it's, uh, it's, people, I, I think it's a good time to gamble. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Man, the, my, my brothers are like seven and nine years younger than me. And it got to the stage, they'll hate me for saying this, but they used to play a lot of FIFA and they'd have FIFA packs. Obviously you don't, you don't have a clue what you're opening. You're just paying and like opening a pack and you might get like, Ronaldo or Messi in in the pack, and those little shits were opening that many packs. My dad once got a phone call from the bank saying that they like spent like five hundred like English pounds on these packs, and they wanted to check in with my dad to make sure it was like it was a legit transaction. But they just got hooked on these things where it was like, I don't know what I'm gonna get. I might get Messi. I might get Ronaldo. I might get like a legendary like Zidane Zidane or something like that. Usually it's a lot of shit, but people just love that stuff. Like it, it's unbelievable. People die for that shit. If there's a way to kind of bring that 
onto the onto the phone on chain i think it's uh <laughs> you know there's millions of people around the world waiting for that shit to happen <laughs> well you know all i can say is our mechanism design supports that <laughs> yeah, I, I was even talking to uh one of the physical collectible tokenization protocols out there and we went even into a rabbit hole of what if like a YouTube influencer or OnlyFans girl wanted to sell, wanted to, for example, put up their uh, paraphernalia on insert and people can take bids, right? What if, what if uh, Pokemon put on her, uh, put in her bra on insert, how many bids you would get for that? I think, you know, I think like two or 300 Ethan volume is, is, is very realistic. We'll bring them bath water on chain. That's what we're doing. Uh, <laughs> 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 no but it makes i think that's a really good way to frame it that kind of that way of approaching it but um honestly, i'm just really excited to, well i'm excited to try it out i know i'm i've got like this the kind of personality i'll just sit there and like just give it way too many spins <laughs> and then cry about it later but um as you say if everyone if you, you never walk away with not nothing which is always a good sign but um yep. yeah i'm super interested to see it in action and try it out but um, is there anything I might have missed off being a bad in interviewer? Is there anything? No, you're absolutely like? amazing. It's been a fun conversation. Uh, no, nothing. Uh, we have a town hall next week if anyone, anybody wants to join in the fun on Wednesday. Where do you host them? We're going to gonna be doing one on, uh, on Twitter. It's going to be a Twitter space. We're not going to do it on our Discord. So anybody can join in. There you do go. How do you find spaces? I always seem to bit buggy, bit junk. Yeah, yeah. Elon, Elon, Elon needs to pull the web out, man. Yeah, I mean they added like the soundboard, so you can make like fart noises and cow noises, but haven't fixed their actual app. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't. God knows what's going on over there at the minute. Or X, as it should be called now. Xting. Xting. I am Xting today. <laughs> well Loris, you as i said as i said at the beginning if there's anything you guys push out and you want to jump on just shoot the shit for half an hour 40 minutes you know you know where i am um i was happy to sit down and chat and uh yeah if there's anything you need from us just let us know i was happy to help out in any which way we can and yeah best of luck i'll be i'll be spinning these perpetual mints and Hopefully winning some shit as well. Uh, thank you, brother. We'll try and make it the best part of the weekend. I wouldn't expect anything less, right? Thanks <laughs> a lot, everyone. Um, if anyone wants to see anything that we've spoke about, I'll leave it all in the description. And yeah, go and check it out and make sure you get over to the, the town hall on Wednesday. And yeah, thanks again. Appreciate it. And just DM us. I'll literally personally walk you through the product. I love talking to people and seeing that excitement once they once it clicks for them. There you go. Who else? Who else offers this first-hand experience from one of the co-founders? There you go. <laughs> You'll get wild. All right. No. All right. Thank you. Take it easy, everyone. See you. All right.